You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. Ready? Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's Peter Garacci. This is Kill You Last. Hey, Alex Pachera here. And tonight we've got our guest, Alan Altman. Yeah, yeah. there he is. He got it. He I got to say my own name he here. He introduces <laughs> himself. That's how we do it here. Uh, Alan, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about the movie that you picked. Uh, it's a great one, which everybody should know. All right, yeah, uh, about myself. I'm a comedian here in New York City. I know these guys from the comedy world. And uh, whenever we're hanging, we like to talk about uh, movies we like. And I brought up this one, which I thought was great, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> peak Sinbad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's the other best action movie from Christmas time, uh, Die Hard. Nice. Yes, the original. Yeah, Die Hard, uh, I think it might be the greatest action movie ever made. I think it's definitely in the running. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, well, I, I just watched it for the first time last night. Which is very interesting. I'm curious to hear your opinion on that. And, uh, I, I, you know, I always knew about Die Hard. always heard about it. Uh, I even heard the debate if it's a Christmas movie or not. And I remember having opinions about it, even though I had never seen any of them. So, like, it, it's really, it's out there in the cultural zeitgeist. But I just, I, I've always hated, I've told you this, Peter, I've always hated action movies. <laughs> So I just always heard Die Hard, saw the stills, and was like, this movie is just not for me, whatever. And I, and I just watched it. The performances by Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman make it the best action movie I've ever seen. There, aren't they phenomenal? Like, I think you phenomenal? are correct, Alex. I think if this, <laughs> if this podcast does nothing else besides serve as a cultural education for Alex Bashir, I think it'll be, have been worth my hey. time and effort. I didn't so, think I was going to learn anything like that. But <laughs> I learned, really, really, really learned, did like. No, it. I mean, like you're. Listen, there. This movie came out in 80, 88. 88? So I mean, there's a. I wasn't alive. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason that you hadn't seen it. You're what um, we call a diehard baby. Yeah, your parents diehard. had sex after seeing Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. I guess my older brother was born in '88, so definitely possible. Maybe you're a Die Hard too, baby. And my dad was a New York uh, City cop. So very, very if it, analogous. If your, if your brother's name was Hans, that would be so eerie. It's so not Hans. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Lewis. All right. Is there a Lewis in any of these movies? Mm, I don't think so. No. Not a major character. But maybe Agent they, Lewis Johnson? Isn't one of the FBI agents Lewis Big Johnson? Big Johnson and Little Johnson? Yeah, I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. Um, no, I, I think what well, the thing what happens, and we talked about this with because we did Rocky IV, um, what happens with these movies is when you have six fucking sequels, and by the way, I stopped after uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I refuse to watch any more Die Hard movies. Is people forget how great the original was. And one of the things I love about this movie is you have a, like the John McClane character is a regular guy in an extraordinary circumstance. And I don't like that later on in the in the movies he becomes a superhero. It's not it's not as much fun. What's fun about this movie is you have a very interesting main character with a very clear objective. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he does have superhero powers i mean you know as any movie has like the injuries they're able to kind of still move on from them you know he falls down staircases and he's getting punched and thrown into drywall and he's like okay he has, I, he, I was yeah. gonna say he he definitely has superhuman uh, ability to withstand pain and also like emotional like just mental 
Like one yeah. guy can't fucking do what he did in real life. But it's like his wife is, you know, it's like that feeling that that um, um, that uh, adrenaline that rushes through you. Your yeah. wife is in danger. There are these yeah. terrorists. Yeah. And it only takes place over basically in real time, more or less, a couple of hours. So right, right. Yeah. Feel, it, it, he probably had a really bad night after that. You know what I mean? They didn't. <laughs> have, they didn't have sex afterwards to congratulate. He him definitely crashed for a couple of days after this. Like he's not. He's not like he's not cutting the grass the next day and like you know cooking on the barbecue. Like he's taking it easy for a couple of days. Yeah, he's sleeping until ten. Yeah, I, sure. I mean I don't think like yeah. There's and we'll get into some things like the problems with the movie. As, as far as whether or not it's realistic and certain things, but I don't have a problem with this character being a New York City cop who uses his wits and no, use, no. To, to get out of this jam. Like I don't think there's anything that's that far fetched. Like I wouldn't. Oh no, it's far fetched, dude. It, I mean, dude. Well, think about it. Okay, the guy says he doesn't move for his wife because he's got cases backed up. Right? Like that's his. It's in the very beginning of yeah, the movie. Yeah, but that's a real-life kind of thing. You have like yeah. these excuses because you don't want to move. Yes, yes. So he's a flawed emotional character, which is what I learned early on. But when I first – later on. But when I first saw it, I said, no no cop – like my dad. I was thinking about my dad who was a cop. He wouldn't – he doesn't care that he has five cases. Five, he would move if the life event dictated that he move. Like most people would from their job. Yeah, but maybe he didn't believe in his wife's career that much. Yeah, that's what it, she's got this yeah. great job, You're this right. company. But what if? And it's that's like, clear. What if that falls mm-hmm. through? He's like, yeah. I, I'm a cop. I got to stay in New York. That's, I can't just. So I guess it's not that far fetched that he's there, but it's pretty far fetched that he takes on the entire, like this brilliant crime group because they're not terrorists. They pose as terrorists, right? But they're thieves. I mean, they're still trying to blow up all these hostages, right? Yeah, right, but but he's but he says it a number of times, or at least he the. Alan Rickman's character believes he's he's just a pure thief. He says, "I'm a brilliant thief." He like grabs his wife's throat. Yeah, but I think yeah. by I mean, to me, I, I've seen things that say that like, oh, they're not terrorists, but like, come on, I mean, they're they're they have hostages. They're gonna blow them up to, to pretend that they've all died. True, and they're gonna get away. True. The only yeah. the only reason why I'd say they pose as t- t- uh, terrorists is because that scene is very intentional, where he's holding a Bible in, when they first walk in. Yeah, but that's. They're not religious. They're like, like well, they're, it's so they're trying to pose as, as people te- with a, these motives. A message, like yeah. like a terrorist would. Yeah. But in fact, they're just cr- criminals. I don't no. know. I think that that was intentional. I think, but it's an interesting reveal because it's if like, they are terrorists. They're going to kill people. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But they're very murderous criminals. I mean, For they, sure. They're totally brazen. They don't give a fuck about anyone's life. Even the freaking computer nerd guy is like totally cool. He's a piece the, of shit. And he's like yeah. the one American dude in the gr- in the group. You'd think he'd have a little bit more compassion. Like, but he's just... He, he's my least favorite character. I can't think of what his name is. I want to call him like Wheels or something. It's actually I feel a, like it's something like Theo. A th- I know it was like some dork name. They just, they're just like, what's a nerdy black guy? Cosby yeah, yeah, yeah. Show? Theo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate... I, I wanted him to get his comeuppance. I'm glad when... Uh, what's his name? Punches him in the face. Argyle. Argyle. Another, Argyle. another great name for a, a, real, a real human being. Argyle um, uh, shouts out... I, I don't know the actor's name, but he was actually in uh, Action Jackson, another episode of oh, this that's podcast, right, yeah, yeah. We, which no, is a really. t- horrible movie. So one of these we talk about is, is those faces that kind of show up in every He's movie in that. from that period. Yeah. And so, um, interestingly, uh, my favorite character is Carl, who's the ba- the real badass, uh, and he's actually was a Russian uh, ballet dancer with uh, Barishnikov. I think his name is Alexander Gudnov. And he only did a couple of movies. He died very young, but he's in maybe my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time called Witness. With Harrison Ford, you ever see that movie? Are you no. talking about the blonde henchman? Yeah, the guy okay. Carl, the one who, who he hangs by a chain, but then co- somehow gets away from that. And that's a problem yeah. I have with the movie. That's, I would I would have been yeah. happy with Carl just dying in the moment that he's hanging yeah. from a chain. But the, you know, the, you have to give uh, the dad from Family Matters his moment at the end. Right, like, that's a cool right. moment when he yeah. shoots Carl. 
I mean, um, it's 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 kind of uh, it's a little cheesy. That, like again, yeah. that's one that's like one of the things where it's like, all right, this is where the movie like feels very movieish. Right. The rest of the time, to as me, it doesn't feel. R- I love Alan Rickman's character. He's the best. It's it's, it's the best villain I've I've seen in an action movie because he's actually smart and he's not this like um like he doesn't keep making mistakes. I feel like most they're just most uh, villains just aren't believable. I don't know. He was very believable. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think so? Like All right, Alon. Thought you no. liked this fucking movie. Jesus I do like Christ. this movie. It's a great right. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Rickman's great in it. He really plays that like that the smart terrorist kind right. of role. You know, that's the scary European. Because like this is a time when action Euro. movies basically had a lot of uh, like German villains. Mm. Uh, then it moved back towards Middle Eastern afterwards. I feel like, but this is a period where it was a lot of like Euro terrorists. That was like the thing. Euro terrorists. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. And this was one of the key Euro terrorist movies. Dude looks great in a suit. I'll get that away. Uh, like 80s gets a bad rap for people dressing. People mm. make fun of the way mm-hmm. people dress in the mm-hmm. 80s. It depends on where in the 80s you're looking cuz like that I would wear I would dress like Hans Gruber every day. Like I think that that's a very stylish bad guy and I like it. I like his He even style. talks about his suit with Mr. what's his face? Two or three times. The uh, uh what's that guy's name? Takagi. Takagi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's like I got this suit that blah blah I don't know what he said, but you know. <laughs> it was just like the designer's name or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, comments on it like three times. So it's cool that Alex is seeing this for the first time cuz this is this is one of like the great movies that if you're in your 30s especially, which I am. Are you in your 30s? I'm 14. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Elon, I, I'm we're a, gonna tweet out a picture plays, of Elon as he looks. I'm a, I'm a live free or die hard baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means, but that it, was uh, like the sixth one. In, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. In the mid 2000s. Gotcha, gotcha. You are, um, you are the youngest looking thirty something I know. I would say it's a good thing. Oh, thank it's a good you. thing. I, I'm not trying to insult you. I think you're trying to come on to me. I always am trying to come on to you. That you have a wife. So yeah. Alas. Oh well. One day. One day. Divorce. One day. No, 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 no. Let's not hope for that. Let's hope for a long time. Let's hope for for Pashera. Yeah. Let's hope you have a better marriage than than John McClane and Bonnie and uh, what's her name? Holly. Holly Gennaro. Holly Gennaro. You know what's an interesting theory of this movie? Holly might be the villain of this movie. Had she not broken up the marriage and moved her and her kids to California, John McClane never goes... And is in the Nakatomi Tower, and neither is she. And this whole this whole mess could have been avoided. Well, actually, she was such a good employee that she helped them get these huge deals. They might not have yeah. even gone after this company and all their money if she hadn't helped them become successful. Yeah, see. So maybe Mr. Takagi would still be alive too. <laughs> That's true. If she That's wasn't true. so good at her job, I don't know. Yeah, the, this is in, right. another thing. Is again, people forget the, how great this movie is, but people also like what happened now with movies. It's like everything became a diehard something yeah so speed became diehard on a bus uh you know like like, but this was like the original like guy alone in a building versus the bad guys and again it's like it's hard when you're the original thing and then they make five other sequels to get the to give the proper credit that a movie deserves but this movie really deserves a lot of accolades i think it's really funny i think it looks cool like it's really well shot um and they use um they use the sort of the geography of the building in interesting ways where there's, you know, there's scenes where they're in, you know, there's floors where they're under construction and you see stacks of sheetrock and like they're fighting amongst that. And then they're shooting out in the office. Like the office is really cool. One thing I, one thing I didn't realize until uh, doing some research recently is that they actually modeled the interior of the, of the office building on Frank Lloyd Wright architecture. So if you look closely, like there's like the waterfall in like the main lobby area and uh, Takagi's office, those are all like based on falling water, which is Frank Lloyd Wright's 
house that he designed in uh, in Pennsylvania. So like, that's a cool, like, again, like yeah, that's like a that's smart awesome. that's a smart detail that you don't need in an action movie, but the fact that it's there adds a lot of texture. I feel yeah. like I feel like layer. we didn't need it right now. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, but <laughs> I was just looking no, for, that's, cool. that's really interesting. That is interesting. I like that kind of stuff. That's one one yeah. of the things. That, when I've seen a movie fifteen times, I start looking at shit like that. I'm like, oh, why is what's with the architecture? Another what? oh, go on. Sorry, I'm just saying like that's the kind of thing where it's like you don't. You don't need to notice it. You don't need it to, to enjoy the movie. But when you've seen it a bunch of times and, and you're like looking for something new, yeah, like that's something that I was like, oh, this is it's like the movie, like the design of the movie is really well done. It's yeah, really and it was cool how like using this, you know, it was filmed in Century City at, in a brand new tower. Yeah, like, be, so it really was like under construction, yes. certain floors and all that, and um, it kind of just it was it was like at the right moment. It didn't feel like you were in a set. It felt like it was a real building. Because it was a real building, yeah. yeah. And I love yeah. how, like, when he finds out that his wife isn't using his name, like, because like the lobby has that computer, oh, yeah. which I still think is very modern. Like for 1988 to be like, oh yeah, just look up the directory on this computer screen, and, yeah. and, and use a touch screen. I didn't realize that people had that back then. It was it was like the real deal, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think what's interesting too is uh, one. This is Alan Rickman's first movie. Which is crazy. I, I did. I did look that up, and I was blown away. He was, was a stage like, actor, and he was doing like British television. And he was allegedly he was doing uh, dangerous liaisons on stage, and somebody saw him and cast him. What is as, da- dangerous? It's a liaisons? play that was in a that was also turned into a really great movie. It's like a period piece of I think it's like 18th century France, and it's like this oh. intrigue where. Uh, the movie is amazing, actually. John Malkovich plays the character that Hans Gruber played on stage. And he's just like a bad dude who he and Glenn Close uh, decided they're basically going to destroy a, a person's reputation. And so it's all this like intrigue in the court with like with all these like upper class. All right. I people. shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Blah, 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 well, blah. It's it, a really good movie. And John Malkovich is great in it. It okay. also inspired a Jason Mraz song. What song? I don't know. But he has that song where he talks about. Oh, The Remedy. Dangerous yeah. Liaisons? It's in, it's in the course. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. God. Sing it, Alex. No. What? Sing it. <laughs> You're such an asshole. And go. Uh, it's dangerous liaison. Something. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I don't know. It's a company. Yeah. That guy sucks. Fuck you. All right. So I, I can't believe I fucking sung we'll that. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> when, uh, we'll put the real song in there. Do you remember, no, <laughs> do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? Like, Do you remember immediately having a response to it? Or? Um, well, I guess when it came out, I was you know five years old or something like that. So it was one of those movies that I, think, I feel like I was always aware of. I probably watched on video at home. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't go to the movies to see this movie. I'm mm. pretty sure. Um, my parents did take me to some like R-rated movies when I was very young, but like this, I don't think I saw Die Hard in theaters. Um, mm. But I was always just, like aware of it. And I remember the first time I saw like Die Hard two, and I definitely remember Die Hard three because I used to watch it like all the time. But like Die Hard, yeah, just like to me, it was like I grew up on Die Hard because it's been a thing forever, and it kind of became like this stand-in for like all these action movie titles like Die Hard and Under Siege and all. You know, every movie has these kind of names and like. Die Hard is just like the one that comes to mind first. It sounds so classic. Yeah. I um you grew up in New York City, is that right? Yeah. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does your voice go down when you ask questions like that? It's infuriating. Know. This is like serious. Do you hear that? Like, this is like journalist voice. This is about that. journalist voice. I don't this know. This is Delilah. Oh. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. It's <laughs> like it's, it's, it's so crazy cuz Peter used to be an actor. <laughs> I'm <laughs> acting like a like a radio interviewer. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Mm. Is my voice dropping? I wish you weren't, man. I'm just trying to ask some questions here, Alex. What's the problem with the questions I'm asking? That voice, man. I'm just it's trying really to, annoying. I'm just trying to elicit some information from our guests. Oh, okay. Turning me on. <laughs> no, Do you anyway, like a bear? Okay. Sorry. Right, sorry. In my regular voice, 
So you grew up in New York City. That's interesting. I mean, I grew up in I grew up in Jersey. Well, it's interesting. I grew up oh, in it's good. Go on. I grew go up on. in Jersey, and like my dream as a kid was always to like be in New York City. And here I am, and I didn't know too many people that grew up in New York. So it's always been interesting to me. Uh, I have a question for that because uh, there's a lot of stereotypes about people who grow up grow up in New York City. So you grew up in Manhattan. Yes. Okay. This is a, this is a trial. <laughs> this is a trial. So there's a lot of stereotypes. Did you grow up in Manhattan? It has nothing to do with the stereotypes. No, no. I'm because st- I wanted to make sure oh, that I had the right stereotypes. Follow, follow different boroughs. Oh yeah, go go. Have different. Ser- so okay. Did you um, know people in like eighth, ninth, tenth grade who were like doing coke and having <laughs> sex? <laughs> I mean, that's a stereotype for sure. All, all of your friends. Um, yeah, for sure. All of my friends. A little bit. I wasn't like my friends generally weren't uh, the cool kids like that. I was gonna say the bad kids, but then I was like, ah. Oh. They're they're cool too, right? <laughs> Wait, so they're cool because they're bad. I didn't, I didn't know too many people like Ellis in Die Hard who uh, right. do coke on someone else's desk. And, that guy was a classic eighties yuppie. I thought he, they had all the characters nailed. That he, guy he was, was such a sleaze ball. Yeah, I liked them too. That yeah. might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, when he dies. yeah. <laughs> oh, I think you meant when they catch him doing coke, right? No, no, no. When That's kind of funny. Yeah. When he John's like, like you missed a spot. It's so they they do do it a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they all right. That's why they do it. Obvious because he does realize that he's doing coke because. Because he keeps sniffing. It's like, it's just like too there's, much. There's a good almost. moment when he's in the office to negotiate and they bring him a can. You see like one of the terrorists is bringing a can of Coke. Right. Yeah. And like the assumption is like that he must have said like, I want some Coke. And they were like, okay. okay and he drinks Coca-Cola Coke. right before he dies. He's like, I want to get one last sip of Coke before I die. Like he literally, I just noticed that today when I was watching it. Like That's interesting. He knows he's going to get killed. So he gulps down some yeah, more that's Coke. That's sweet, the, sweet taste. That's the embodiment of the yuppie. He just like, he still just wants his drugs and carefree, like even right before he dies. Yeah. He's not thinking about much else. I like, what does he say? Uh, hey, Hans, Sprechen die talk? Yeah. <laughs> Bubby, let's That's a great talk. Line. Oh, oh my God. Sprechen die talk. Sprechen die talk is brilliant, actually. He's That's such really an funny. asshole. He's and, so good. But he, like, he's, he's that weird career. He, um, I think he, he might have stopped acting. Like, I, I, oh, yeah, I looked at his I've IMDb. I've never seen that guy. Um, he was in one, so years ago, somebody recommended this movie called Apartment Zero, and it's him and Colin Firth who I think might be my least favorite actor, especially of like the last 20 years. And they're like, they're roommates in Buenos Aires and it's like weird. And so this, whoever recommended it was like, oh my God, you gotta see this movie, it's amazing. And I watched it and it was terrible. But uh, that might be why that guy's career went nowhere. But he like, for like like an all-star for this movie, like for, for making the most out of a small, slimy, shitty character, like he knocks it out of the Well, park. he did act it well, but I just think it's a good character to have that like, again, you don't necessarily need him. But he he paints the setting of the '80s, and it's kind of one of one of the details that makes it a, a rewatchable movie today. Even though it was my first watching, I I believed the setting. I believed it was the '80s. It wasn't over the top '80s, but it was like yeah. I, I think it was the kind of thing where even at the time, people saw this like oh, this stereotypical like yeah, like yuppie businessman douche. Right. He was a defined. Just like if you had a movie today, you'd have some like super hipster uh, uh, fucking know, yeah. San Francisco uh, guy. Vegan and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And, you know, some put, uh, fucking Silicon thing. Valley so nerd. Even, even in contemporary yeah. times, people knew this guy is like what we think of when we think of the douchey LA businessman. Right. But I think like, again, like one of the things with this movie is like way smarter than it needs to be. Like the way that it sets up this character that he's chasing you know, Bruce Willis's wife and she's not giving him the time of day. And then he kind of thinks he's going to be a hero. So it's like, it shows sort of the fake hero that he thinks he is versus the real hero who is Bruce Willis's character. Like, I think it's really smartly done. Like it's, it's something that a, a lesser movie, 
of like of this yeah. type would not have thought it's to do. It's the man of substance, Bruce Willis versus the guy who's all talk. Yeah. Yes. And even his death, it's like it, it's testing Bruce Willis's character. And at that point, you like it turns the cops against him. Now they're thinking that he's not as good of a guy. It, it creates a new challenge for Bruce Willis. It's like it's an amazing. Yeah. And again, like this, the way the scene is done, it's so it's funny. And it's dark, and it also like it's so unsettling because you're like you're laughing one minute, and the next minute you're like these guys are really bad guys. Yeah, and because of this guy's character, Ellis's character flaws, we don't care so much when he dies. So it doesn't make the audience feel super bad. Totally, you but don't care. They're not going to kill the pregnant uh, ladies. They're going to kill uh, this is Ellis, the guy. He's a douche. He's but it, funny, exactly. but we don't like him. But it's tense because you're the audience is like, oh, this this guy is dying because he's a fucking asshole if he would just keep his mouth shut and that's like the tension of that scene is like if he had not created this mess that he wouldn't be dying unnecessarily so i think as, as far as like a a movie making device or like a storytelling device it's like it's good because it's not like you don't you don't see hans just going into a crowded room and picking a random person and shooting they them. they weren't senseless killers yeah they weren't and also i heard this somewhere i think there's like a rule of filmmaking like don't show the same thing twice and i noticed for the first time uh, this time is they show you they show him killing Takagi and his head spl- like his the blood splattering oh, okay. on the glass. When they kill Ellis, they they cut to the other room where all the other hostages are. So you don't see Ellis getting killed. You see the other people realizing that things are getting worse yeah. for them. Which again is like amazing like storytelling device. Yeah. Plus in the eighties, people still like seeing Japanese guys die. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like ah uh, that guy. There's, you know he was. There's still a lot of World he's War literally II the only Japanese guy working in a Japanese corporation. No 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 no. no, there's, no, no, there's, no. The there's multiple one. Japanese yeah, guys. Han, Hans goes he's, up to some other guys and like, oh, is that you, Mr. Takagi? It, it's very funny because I don't know if they meant it to be funny in the in the eighties, but it just comes across vaguely racist as a scene because yeah. he's just looking at silent like the 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 people that work in the office and he's trying to figure out which guy is the japanese guy that on paper he has a file on yeah. he's just looking but at he the, obviously knows i mean do you think he knows he, there's no way that he didn't scope out this whole company and say oh this is what the ceo looks like so he's just intimidating japanese guys yeah in he's the, just fucking around he just because what does he do he goes up to them and kind of just like looks them up and down like he's like while he's giving his speech yeah. 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 This yeah. is how racist I am. I've blocked out of my mind all the other Japanese characters in the movie. I didn't even realize that they're not characters other, in the they're movie. Just though. Like, they're just like they're, extras. They're extras. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. They're important to the one particular shot. Which doesn't see, strike me as realistic to have a Japanese corporation. Yeah. And then there's that one scene that they cut out. Do you see that in the DVD? Oh, no. no. What, it's a. It's a it's like a 14 minute long geisha dance. It's really weird. It doesn't, oh it wow! It doesn't fit at all. I gotta go. I, gotta, I can't wait to go back <laughs> yeah. home and watch the wait. watch the extra. Are you are you making this up? Because it'd no. be brilliant. Maybe I was watching a different movie. I'm, are you, are you it, for uh, real though? It's a it's a deleted scene. No yeah. what? <laughs> no. Oh, what? it's not. Oh, you are making I it totally up. Totally bought it. What? Oh, you are brilliant. A 14 Fuck minute you. long geisha dance. You are. <laughs> You are a trickster. <laughs> I was really gonna go. I was gonna run home and rewatch the. I was like, I'm pretty sure I watched Wait, all the. Wait, you have it? And yeah, you of course still I still bought it. If I wanted it to sound realistic, I would have said like a two minute geisha scene, fourteen minutes. Well, in the they, of a cut, they cut it out for time. Oh man, yeah. we're, we're really exposing like, how dumb like, we keep are. Rolling, keep it ru- rolling. It ruined the <laughs> flow of the movie. They wanted to get back to the shooting. That's yeah. why they couldn't have it. It happens at the one hour mark. There's already been so much death. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, the geishas pop out of the thirty eighth floor, and they're like. Like just when you can't get enough of like Bruce Willis's dirty bare feet, you get like nice well, pristine. He, well, he puts on a robe and he starts doing the dance because the terrorists are watching the dance. Yeah. And they're like, which is it him? Is he? They here? don't know what he looks like, What's so he, he totally could have done it. Right. Now you got yourself. And then one of them notices the bloody footprint underneath the one of the geishas, and they say, "It's him over there!" And then he has to jump out of the window again. Bruce Willis has had one of the great 
like wow. movie careers. And this is like, and again, this is such an interesting like. He was a bartender, I think, at TJ Fridays in New York, and he got cast in Moonlighting. It was with ABC like show with Sybil Shepherd, and so he's on that. Sh- he's on a TV show, and then they make him an action hero. Like it would be yeah. like the guy from Modern Family suddenly becoming an action star. Like it just doesn't make. I don't even, and I don't know who any of those people are because well, I don't, he, I don't he, watch TV. He did but, knock um, it out of the park. I gotta say, Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's. You know, without his performance, it's not as famous of a movie as it is. Yeah. And again, because it's funny, it's like obnoxious, and he's like believable. He's perfect for it because anyone trying to do his voice, I saw some. I watch uh, movie reviews after I watch these movies because it's almost always for the first time. And some of these guys on YouTube, they all like try to be funny with their reviews, and the reviews are really good, but the comedy up top is pretty lacking. And they all tried to do his voice, and it comes across so insincere. But John McClane like is Bruce Willis in terms of mannerisms, oh, so yeah. he could get away with like being over the top. John McClane, yeah, he's a ble- no he's else. a believable New York kind of character. Correct. So, yes. Action action stars always have like these corny lines after they kill. You know that's right. that's a common thing. Right. But if it's someone like Schwarzenegger or Stallone, they're bad actors. So, Horrible. Like, it sounds whoa, awful when whoa, they say. Whoa, no, whoa, I agree whoa. with you. Apparently, you haven't listened to other episodes of the pod. Well, he definitely Schwarzenegger hasn't. and Stallone are the heroes of this podcast. They might be good. Action stars, yes. but as far as like del- delivering a line believably, Stallone's better than Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger a little bit. Schwarzenegger because the language barrier. It's a yeah, little it's by a sp- hair. But oh, yes. oh come on! It's not his fault that he can't deliver lines. It's in- not a tumor. <laughs> That's comedy. He's supposed <laughs> no, to be funny in that. Moment. I don't think that was intentional. The riddle of steel. That I don't <laughs> what remember. Is that? It's from Conan the Barbarian. Oh, oh my god! I, he, he has like three lines in the whole movie, and they're awful. Those are those, <laughs> that was early. That's he was just getting his feet wet in the movie business yeah. when he was doing the Conan movie. I love. I actually can't wait to do those movies too. I love those movies. Ugh, it's been. I'm actually not looking. Those are movies that I haven't watched in probably 20 years that I can't wait to go back and, and rewatch. They seem um, horrible. Speaking of Conan, so I saw a movie last night um, that is fucking bananas. Have you guys heard of this movie Mandy with Nicolas Cage? I've heard of it. I've so never even I went to it. go see it. It's it's the it's directed by and written by this guy Panos Cosmatos, who's the son of Greek guy George Look out. George Cosmatos, who directed uh, the second Rambo, First Blood Part Two, and he directed Tombstone. And his son made one other movie, which I never heard of. Never heard of this guy before. It's basically uh, like a revenge action horror thriller, and and basically Nicolas Cage is like living in the woods cutting down trees like he's a logger by trade living in a cabin with his woman who's named mandy and this like weird cult decides to kidnap her and chain him up and then he decides to go fucking ape shit to go to go save her so it's like john wick yes but it is but i love those but that's what i love these movies and this is where i get this is where i think it's like the 80s action movie it's having like a resurgence like this style of one guy who wants one thing and he will stop at yeah. nothing to and he's get usually it. like a little bit middle-aged and like yeah. not, you know not, not well a, that's what's happening now yeah, is like prime you know yeah. these guys are a little bit older it's, it's taken with liam neeson it's john wick there's the movies that i love it's also um the uh, gray well, I think no, that the gray I didn't like. I liked it. Oh, you did. It was all right. Fuck those wolves. I watched, honestly, I watched the preview and I said, "This fucking sucks." No, dude. but like, but like, Mandy so is like so. Like, it takes place in the '80s, which is not by accident. It has like this trippy score. There's like, it's like the scenes are like blood red at times. It's such a weird, like, it's there's like a cult stuff in it, and and at a certain point, Nicolas Cage decides to forge 
a battle axe out of steel in the middle yeah. of the movie. I'm in. And My favorite show in history is fucking Forged in Fire. You just watch oh, right. I never watched that. Yeah. Forged swords. Dude, I want to go. I want to go never make a so good. sword now. Like it's unfucking believable. But I was thinking about it yesterday because I'm still like this movie is like haunting me right now. Like the music. I'm, I bought the soundtrack you're, today on just, iTunes. Just to be clear, you're saying the movie's good, right? It's it's crazy. I. Th- I think it's good, but I don't care because it's so amazing. It sounds like it's good. Yeah, it's you have to see it. Okay. Whether you like What's it called again? It's called Mandy. Mandy. All it's right. playing it's it's on demand and simultaneously on at playing in theaters. But we don't have to promote it. So I'll, it's, I'll, it's I'll in watch. theaters yeah. and it's on demandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually say that? No. No, I said that. Oh, okay. He said it. Give, I could have seen the Let's gun. give the guys credit for his jokes. You don't have to. He is a smart joke. Smart fella. Um but but it's interesting because and again I get back to this all the time like what's great about movies like Die Hard like the mm. John Wicks mm-hmm. like Mandy it's very clear it's very simple they want one thing you know it's a you could tell the story in two lines Bruce Willis is a cop who gets who gets caught up in a building that terrorists are trying to take over like that's it that's the, Six that's lines. the movie <laughs> yeah, okay. is that a is that a line that's uh, a pair it's a run on sentence it was short my mobile sentence but like if you yeah if you type that out no, it, it could be two lines two line. <laughs> it could be two lines and everything is in the details yeah. and the details of the of this You're movie right. are what's great about this movie yeah um the details we, are what's great we sh- we should also mention directed by John uh, McTiernan Predator of, Predator for yeah. his second movie he's coming right off Predator does this does Thomas Crown affair with uh Pierce Brosnan which is another great fucking movie that i love with a super hot renee russo i've definitely never heard of the thomas crown affair it's it was actually, right after like he did the first bond that he did so okay. it was like he was pierce yeah <laughs> so he was like bond, he's kind of like bonding again i guess yeah but he's bond okay. he's bond as a as a bad uh, new york city businessman i haven't seen that one but i remember it being a oh thomas crown it's movie. it's really was good he, was he like an art thief or something he uh goes into the met and steals a monet so he's an art thief and, yeah, but he's a businessman. He's doing it like basically for fun. Oh, and uh, Rene Russo is the insurance agent for the comp- the insurance company that that insures the painting, and she's got to f- catch him. And Dennis Leary plays a New York City cop who's also on the case, but could give two shits about whether or not. You could also give two shits if he steals people's jokes, but I don't know whatever. how I feel about that. I don't know. I've heard it a lot. Of Louis C.K. says it, but I mean, also there's there's video more, evidence. There's also there's video it? evidence, and there's more than just Louis. Well, he's out. also allegedly stole like all of Bill Hicks's yeah, persona. His entire, no, his that, that's entire what we're CD. Yeah, not just persona, but like all, literally. Yeah, if you the, steal the joke bits. after joke, it's stealing jokes. I, I, I want to say because a lot of people will make accusations of joke stealing, and I don't know, they seem unfounded sometimes. But um, yeah, that's the most egregious example I think in 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 history. Is the right. Well, uh, there's probably there's probably yeah. a lot worse. Yeah, there's probably but, is there but, worse? But it's, it's I pretty, mean, I don't know. Yeah, evidence of it though. Um, I don't know. You got to look on. YouTube, yeah, yeah, it's but. tough. Yeah, no, I'm I'm asking you as comic because I, I feel don't want to like say that Sebastian Maniscalco stole my act. He just got there first, but there is some uh, weird similarities to jokes that I do that yeah. I find him doing as well. I've, I've talking that about the too. whole Italian family stuff. It's yeah. like, come on, yeah. buddy. I that's my yeah. that's mine. I got that. Um, okay, is but your yeah, point that you're hacky? I don't really no, understand. No. My point is that Sebastian got there first, so he deserves he deserves the credit. Oh, he deserves his credit. And okay, in, yeah. And in about ten years, when their people are tired of him, I'm gonna slide into that Italian comedian role. Yeah, he's and got great Sebastian hair. Sebastian too. Sebastian too. Seb too. Sebastian Garachi. That's what that'll be my. Sebastian's actually my one of my favorite male names. Speaking of Sebastian Maniscalco, there's a character in this movie. Um, yeah, who looks sort of like him, who I love from Goonies, and he plays one of the FBI douches who's yes. in the fucking helicopter. Yes, and uh, they get blown up. But 
that's another case where they're good guys. They're FBI agents, right? They're on the right side, but they they present them right away as you hate these them. awful assholes who are like, uh, yeah, we're gonna lose like twenty five percent of the hostages. I can live with that. And they're like, oh, it feels like I'm in Nam again. And like, you know, they're <laughs> getting ready to like to shoot terrorists and all. You know, like, but they're such like over the top assholes that when their helicopter does blow up, no one gives a shit. Yeah. And then the cops on the ground are like, oh, we're going to have to get more FBI agents, you know, because yeah, they hate him too. That's Robert uh, Davi or Davy, I think his name is. He uh, was one of the Fratelli brothers with, uh, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano in Joey Goonies. Pants. Have you ever seen Goonies, Alex? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Actually, Goonies I love. And I, I can't, uh, one day we'll definitely movie. do. I'm, I'm, we're going to do Goonies for sure well, one day. I'm kind we have of to a, do Goonies. I feel like Goonies is, uh, it's action but it's it's like coming of age it's, really it's more kids doing action but it's, but it's coming yeah. of age it's a man. it's a perfect movie for this podcast we're definitely so much no i'm not saying that we're yeah. not going to do it i'm saying i'm a slut for coming of age movies and i love yeah. so i've seen like every coming of age movie. no I, goonies, goonies like ferris bueller all that shit but uh, robert davy was also the uh the villain in what i think is the worst bond movie speaking of bond is uh license to kill you ever see that one? I didn't see that it's one. It's terrible. It's it's so vicious. It's like really brutal and vicious in a way that the other Bond movies aren't. Like it kind of loses like the charm and the suaveness of of Bond, and it's just yeah. like it's was that, just is like that Timothy Dalton? I it yeah, it's the second Timothy Dalton one. So D- Living Daylights is actually a great Bond movie, I think, mm. with Timothy Dalton. And then he did uh, License to Kill, and then they're like, get rid of this guy and get us Pierce Brosnan. And then Pierce Brosnan was... Yeah, after an eight-year hiatus or whatever. Well, because, uh, I mean, Pierce Brosnan was stuck in his Remington Steel contract, couldn't get out of it. Man. He was supposed to be Bond first before Timothy Dalton. Oh, really? And he couldn't get out of his contract. Yeah, that's one of those great like Hollywood stories. Like, uh, Tom Selleck was supposed to be Indiana Jones. Oh, that's but cool. But he could, couldn't get out of his Magnum contract. He refused to contract. shave the mustache. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that would, be an am- that would be amazing. Like, this movie's going nowhere. And I'm not shaving my mustache for this bullshit. And then like, it becomes Indiana Jones. That would be an amazing story. If that they would wanted Frank Sinatra to do the original Die Hard or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's re- a great story. Cause, like, <laughs> it's cause, crazy. Because it was originally written as a sequel to this movie he had done in the late 60s. Right. And they're like, well, oh, so you'll be it again. It's yeah. called The Detective. And, Detec- yeah, The Detective. But then, yeah, he was in his like, mid-70s. So he was like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, and of then, course. You know, a lot of other people were tied to it. Uh, Schwarzenegger. Yep. Stallone, Harrison Ford, they all turned Don Johnson, down. Richard Gere, Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds. Clint Eastwood they went to? Apparently they all turned this down. Early, I think amazing. in like maybe the seven, like late, I mean late 70s, early 80s, Clint well, Eastwood is still like a huge act, like action. Yeah, he would have been older too, but not, yeah. you know. But anyway, for some reason, these people, I guess, saw this script and just didn't feel it or something happened. Yeah, and, I, and one of the things, I, again, what I love about this movie is like how many like things are sort of accidental. Like I, I think like a movie is just like so many things can go wrong and sometimes it's just magic. Like this is a movie that you know, they, you know, Bruce Willis was untested. Alan Rickman was untested. The director is pretty much brand new at this point. Um, and yet it's, you know, it somehow turns out to be this, this amazing movie, like almost by accident. Sometimes when everything is perfectly planned out and executed perfectly, you get a dud. And instead with like a bunch of happy accidents with some fresh faces, you end up getting a masterpiece, which I think this is what this movie is. I remember I saw this movie in my, my aunt's basement in Staten Island. And my uncle Anthony had it on VHS with uh, Midnight Run, which came out actually I think the same weekend as this movie. So I always put those two movies together. Midnight Run's another great, uh, not an action comedy, I guess you would call that, with De Niro and and Charles Grodin. Um, you should see that movie, Alex, if you've not seen it. I haven't. Maybe it's we'll just hol- do it. It's hilarious. It's okay. really really good. Um, but yeah, I just remember being in that. I could like remember my aunt's basement in Staten Island and just like sitting there alone on the couch watching Die Hard and being like. Jerking off? No, I was like Damn. ten. Like, right, I was ten when this movie came out. Yeah, yeah I was, I was jerking it by ten, or at least like coming. I figured. It. <laughs> you didn't figure that out. I mean, I'm, it was an accident. I know the brother. The first time, I'm like, "What is this?" 
I was the oldest. <laughs> I, I never understood. How do you accidentally fucking make yourself come? How does how how? He was looking at pictures of baby Alex Pachero. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, you've never seen cheerleader nurses. Wait, yeah, but you, you weren't. They're cheerleaders and they're nurses. Yeah, oh, my God. What are they doing? Why are they taking their clothes off in the hospital? They've got to know. so much school. It's so fucking weird that you said cheerleader nurses. I, I mean, I, I, obviously, I have a very good, like, I have good recall for movies. So yeah, yeah, why would I not remember Cheerleader Nurses? I should go back and IMDb it. Oh, that's see. a real movie. I thought yeah, you made it up. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I thought you like just pulled it. Cheerleader Nurses? Is yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. We're reasonable, intelligent people, me and Alon, and we were like, that's not a movie. That's a joke he's trying to do. IMDb. Yeah. No. I, only, yeah. I, I talk from real life, but I don't, wow. I don't invent shit. That's yeah, all you I, don't. That's all. That's all. <laughs> repurpose garbage. That's all I want to say about that. And I don't really create any originality ever. But no, um, my, my life is funny enough. If if cheerleader nurses is is real and it's a real experience of mine, why would I have to invent anything? Yeah, it sounds pretty it. interesting. Um, it's it's both a gift and a curse. Mm. <laughs> well, I was intentionally coming by tens because I have no idea how to. <laughs> that's all. I, I have no idea how to write a joke like on make believe. I can only draw from like real life. I have like a weird psychology. Oh, yeah, I have like the opposite. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You're a real joke. Like, we should Alon. talk about comedy a little bit because Alon is a really good comic. I would just, you just uh, uh, did a headlining set at Stand Up New York. Was that last week or was that two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, that was last uh, Friday. Last Friday. So, yeah, one so week it'll ago. Be like, it'll be like two weeks when this comes out. And you also, like, you recently opened for Dimitri Martin, for Dennis Miller. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I've had a nice year of, get, of getting some pretty interesting gigs, and those are always really fun because those are giant theater shows and uh, different kinds of crowds, but it's always nice to see if your jokes are working for diverse audiences of different types of white people. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say well, diverse. What? That are also like not... Well, like younger liberal white people. That's true. And older, that very true. conservative white people. And they you all did the like, joke thing. It was yeah. funny. <laughs> no, no, no. You did. You covered all white people, too, so that's good. Maybe move on to black people next. Black next time. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking to see who I can open for next. I mean, they're yeah. out of style, but white people are a majority in this country, so you could make a lot of money. It just depends when this podcast people. comes out. Yeah, you're, true. You're, you could make a lot of money performing for white people in this country as a comedian. I, I, I need to ask which. Uh, all right, two questions. Which set went better, opening for Dennis Miller or opening for Dimitri? Um, probably Dimitri went better. The oh, set went better. The set went better, but Dennis went great. Okay. So it's not yeah. like one of them was like rough or anything. They both were like solid all the way through. Dennis, I had to do a half hour for Dimitri. It was just like 15. Okay, so different sets. Dimitri, it was a little yeah. bit tighter. And yep. the crowd is like a smarter, younger crowd that yep. like gets me more. You go go through quicker. Yeah, with the Dennis Miller crowd, it was like... Uh, Who's this fella? <laughs> it was just, you know, like certain, like certain jokes that reference pop culture. I was like, I'm not going to do these jokes because they're... I don't know what these people even are into right and you had to do 30 so yeah. you're tossing jokes out that you love and and you have to do 30 which is yeah, yeah I mean, you yeah, have enough and, uh, material but it's still it's you know it's not it's, it's still a lot to do and it's cold it's a cold crowd yeah. they're all there to see one person then you come out to <sighs> a bad intro because so there's no host they're what was like, the intro yeah what was the intro? the intro was like over the god mic just someone mumbling welcome to the Roman theater elder altman it was like oh, oh man no. they like didn't even say my name right elder altman. they they had the guy the the um the production manager before and asked he was like do you want to just like introduce yourself like on the mic on the side i was like no oh, can, i was like God, they can do it themselves <laughs> i didn't care because like no one's listening to like who who what true, do you say true like, true you know it's like any show no matter what it is no one ever hears what the host says like oh alex Pachera. <laughs> they, they could say you know dingleberry <laughs> mcjohnson and yeah, it's like okay i uh, i am <laughs> yeah, right. when i leave the city and like it, it, it you I, I see it as being like you're like the carnival like 
like the cruise uh, director. Like you're you're just there to get the, like the crowd pumped up and like excited for the show that's about to begin. So to not have that, like I can see how going at oh my going god, out there cold sucks, with yeah. yeah would be like all right because you have to. I mean, you have to start from a cold position. Like you're not you're not starting with a, a crowd that's already been and laughing you're not and the person and, they're there to see. So yeah. it's like, oh, it's starting. Oh wait, no, it's just this guy. Yeah, it's like when yeah. you go to see a band and there's the openers and people tell me like, well, boo boo, yeah. where's Dennis Miller? You know, right. so like you could have that. It didn't happen. Did um, you, I host enough where like even when I'm hosting a I'm regular hosting show in the city, I yeah. I generally do a lot of material in my hosting set. Yep. Um, up some, top. some people do more crowd work up top. I do. A higher percentage of material versus the crowd work. So, doing this kind of set for Dennis Miller, where I'm coming in cold, since I know that I'm going to be doing material, it wasn't that hard. You've had practice doing uh, material in front of. So when you're hosting in the city, if you don't know, you're you're basically it's a cold open. Yeah, right? you're when, the first one yeah. to come on stage, yeah. and you're usually you'll do a lot of stuff to kind of get the crowd warmed up. Like, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? That's what I'll be doing tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. are you hosting that show? Yeah, I'm hosting nice. uh, the show at V Spot, but um, and I'm definitely going to be doing. I'm going to try for fifty fifty crowd work material up top, which I usually I think I go more like seventy thirty crowd. Yeah, work. Yeah, I always feel like it's important to do enough material where they understand what the show's going to be. Right, it's right. not all about yeah. you no, talking to me. It's going to be me telling you a joke, and your job is to laugh. And yeah. once they get that routine down, they're going to be good for for the other comics also. Yeah, it, it's funny yeah. when because I've You're heard. Right. I, when I was like greener in comedy, I thought that like crowd work was what the host did. Like I thought that was your job was just to do crowd work. And then you, you get, you see a little bit more and like there are, there are uh, main acts that don't want oh, yeah. their openers to do any crowd work. It's okay for showcase format, yeah. I feel like. Cause but I've heard, I've heard people say like, oh, cause then the audience is going to think like that's what you do for the whole show is you yell stuff out to the comedian. Yeah. Like, right. Want, right. Like right. you're saying, like you want them to get used to what the format of the show is going to be. Yeah. So, so you have you have a relationship with the theater? Is that how you got to do both of these, or do you have a relationship? Yeah, with- after the first one, uh, they asked me to do the next one because I did well on the first one. And the first one was uh, Dimitri Martin Dimitri? was the first one, and so That's that one awesome. they yeah they needed like you know it was they said fifteen to twenty minutes, and then for then for the dentist they upped to thirty because. It went well the first time. Well, basically. that's, that's nice. it's a really valuable asset for them if they have a headliner that could fill the seats and they need someone to warm like pretty much do third do a whole fucking thirty minute set before it because like I'm I'm wondering how long Dennis did after he, he did about ninety minutes. So wow. that's a full yeah. two hour yeah. show. Whereas you're a huge in the part Dimitri of. Martin one, he did no more than an hour. Yeah, which is what I would expect. So for so that one, it was a fairly short show. They only got 75 minutes total or 80 minutes of comedy. That's Whereas perfect. for Dennis Miller, it was like a very long thing. That's long, dude. That's, that's, that's the difference between a millennial long. short attention span audience and like a baby, always... baby boomer, sophisticated, like older, li- lived a couple of years. Do you think so? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I disagree um, too. Just because I, I feel like the crowd would have loved if Dimitri did more time. But yeah, they would have. Just, he had been working on this particular block, which he ended up just released like a month or two ago it's on Netflix. It's so good. Yeah, oh, check right. it out. Oh, is yeah. that so you that was he he was working on his Netflix special at that he time? He had already recorded it. He was just finishing out the uh, tour at this point. So cool. he had recorded it like a month earlier. I haven't That's seen it yet. Awesome. I want to go back oh, and watch it's it. Really yeah, it's really good. Dude. It's classic Dimitri. It really is cla- it, it's classic Dimitri. And and it's all new shit, obviously. Um yeah. Uh so that what about the headlining set that you just did? Was that more nerve wracking? Less less scary than the like the other big gigs you've done. Like was because this was your first time headlining stand up New York. Is that uh, right? at stand up New York? Yes, because I mean they just started this like headliner series, which thing. is a pretty big deal. I feel like it's a like, it's a really nice thing. It's a good it's it's a great opportunity. Who else was uh, who else have they showcased as like um, what part of this kind of series? 
uh, let's see, Brennan Sagala did the first one right, yeah. right after the Amy Schumer thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Amy Schumer like bumped him off of his Caroline show and it was a big deal. That is a story that I guess, yeah, anyone listening probably has heard. That was a huge story, dude. That was uh, in yeah, the New York yeah. Times. Well, yeah. If you're yeah, if you're in if you're a comedy fan listening, you might have heard of it. And even yeah. if you're no, even if you're not, that my I've, mom heard that story. She goes, Do you know the comic that was heckled or whatever she called it heckling by yeah. Amy Schumer. I was like, I'm pretty sure Amy Schumer didn't yeah. heckle anyone. I think anyone. moms know Amy Schumer. So like anything involving Amy but, Schumer, moms well, they, are going to know they, about. My mom heard about it too. Well, because the press wanted to yeah. make it, because it, it is a, the way you read that story, it's like, wow, she's such a bitch. Like, I honestly think it's it. the best thing that could happen to you as a young comic. I, I hope that Amy Schumer does it to me when I headline because like that's a show that's not going to get any attention and all of a sudden it's in the news and I think he did, I think he did Anthony Cumia because of it like you literally yeah, he got a lot, he of got a lot there's of no it. yeah there's no bad uh i mean obviously in the moment i'm sure he was like this is terrible like this is like like one of the he great talked nights about of my it life. dude you, you should listen yeah. on his podcast but like stupid little podcast afterwards it's, really I'm, it's a yeah, great plug uh I tried he i think it's a keeps, great look thing at him he keeps going peter what? shut the fuck up what man. are you talking about i don't know i'm trying to talk to our guests and you're just saying some bullshit that's not interesting <laughs> was just finishing his thoughts i'm not talking don't let alex abuse you i'm not talking anymore on this podcast well good because we're at 44 minutes so like whatever we could go for another 10 all right. Look, uh, we, we, have, we have more Die Hard to talk about. We yeah, do. Yeah. We, we we have to come back to Die Hard. So, uh, interesting point that we haven't brought up. One of the last, definitely one of the last action movies that was filmed without any digital technology, which I think totally, totally comes through when you watch this movie. I watched a, a Blu-ray like rip, like a download, and it, especially the last, like one of the last scenes where, um, what's that guy's, what's Snape's name again? Alan, Alan Rickman. <laughs> When yeah. Alan Rickman's falling off the building, you see the expression in his face. It's like really well shot and it's really clear because he actually, I looked this up, he actually did drop 40 feet and they filmed it yeah. for real, which nowadays you can totally avoid doing. You don't have to drop 40 feet. You don't have yeah. to be I, I, thought, I read scared. it was 70 feet, actually. Or maybe it was maybe 70. It was 40. I thought it was 70. 70 sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, you probably read the story, <laughs> which is that they, was, they told him they were going to drop him on the count of three, but they dropped him yes. on one so that he'd have like a really shocked reaction. Which is really smart and also kind of cruel. And I don't even know if you get away with something like that. Today. Yeah, I think, I think the shock of that moment is what led to his inevitable death. Years ago. <laughs> oh my <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. I mean, God it would have been. You're cold. He could have died right there on set, like Brandon Lee on the Crow. Like that could have been. That would have been another yeah, great story. He could have been a hero, and so he had to go make these shitty Harry Potter movies. Oh fuck yeah. off! Fuck you! I, I haven't seen. Off. I haven't you. seen any of those no, movies. Okay. That's right. They're great. They're good. <laughs> no, he's great in those too, man. And he's the most important character. He Shouts out Snape. Definitely, hero. his face got weird. As he got older, okay. like he's very handsome. And you got bald, like that's well, mean. I mean, I what are you, the Alan Rickman wait. defense fund? Like, yes, he, that guy's great, dude. He is great, but right? he's, and he's dead. Have he's very fun. handsome in this movie. And then he, when the Harry Potter's, his face is weird. He looks like <laughs> what is Ray Fiennes playing? Like, what is that guy's name? Voldemort? Like, oh no, he doesn't look bad. No, but weird. you know how Voldemort has like no nose. Like Alan Rickman looks like like the human version of a person well, who's like he's pretty like, pale. Demonic. Well, did you read the books? No, I have no interest. Okay, Snape in is supposed to look very gaunt. He's supposed to have a hook nose, and he's supposed to be like this, the the color of his skin is supposed to be like alarming, and that his hair is supposed to be greasy. He's supposed to look like that. Okay. So I'm pretty sure they either used makeup or you know million dollar fucking prosthetics. Well, it's too bad because he's a handsome man. Yeah, it is too did, bad when he did Godf- a Godfather. <laughs> when he did Die Hard, <laughs> Godfather. Where did that come from? It's always on my lips. Godfather. Yeah, like up, cock. Godfather comes up in conversation a lot. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm okay with a good. Your gay, gay joke. jokes are getting old, Alex. I'm gay, so that's I can make them. 
Remember that part in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yes. Doing our job. Well, yeah. I wrote some notes down of things I thought. Let's get through it. Let's get through it. I like. Okay, so there's that one terrorist who wears like the the whole gray sweatsuit. Oh yeah, uh, right. Yeah. And, I and, he look, and he looks like Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? In, Those dolls in, in, that like it was like a beefy doll that you could like stretch the rubber. Oh no, no, no I know Stretch Armstrong. Well, he looks like that. He had like this mop of blonde hair, like like Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Have like you seen Flash? Lego Wait, hair. The, the first guy that dies. The, yeah, yeah, the one who's like, don't worry, I will not hurt you. And then a second later, she sprays bullets. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't do the, I will not hurt you, please come out, and then spray bullets from a machine gun. Oops, what, I'm sorry, my what, safety wasn't on. Oopsie. It's funny because like, Bruce Willis has the great line. He's like, you know, millions of terrorists in the world, I got to pick the one who's got feet the size of my sister because he tries to take his shoes. But yeah. then he never again tries to take anyone else's shoes. Well, maybe you just didn't see the other attempts. Maybe they all had tiny Euro feet. Yeah, they had to cut them out. It's really, they're all like very skilled in their different departments, you know, like technologically to be part of this crew. But also they got to like, they work out like eight hours a day too. Yeah, I, they, I read yeah. that they picked these guys just for being like tall and And no haircuts. Looking. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they, they're like, they look like Nazis. That's what they, really what they wanted. They're just like faceless, and, yeah, and nameless Nazis. Yeah, multicultural. It's not, yeah, not all a, German. Yeah, with like one guy. Asian there's guy. A fr- there's one a French guy. dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's an English guy leading them. It, it is a very group. Well, he's not. He's like, he's what German. He? Oh, he's German? Hans Gruber is a German. Oh, obviously. Shit. Or Austrian. Should, he one speaks of in such a British accent, though, in this movie. A lot of Europeans, when they speak English, have a British yeah. accent because they learn it like from British. Uh, that is yeah. true. Oh man, I'm so dumb. Hans, of course he was German. He just didn't come across as to me stereotypically Euro trash German, like the other guys did right next to him. So Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, there's a key issue in this movie that people Let don't really it. talk about. The cops. It's important. No. Um well it involves the cops. Okay. okay. So Sergeant Powell, that's um Carl Winslow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right his whole backstory is that he's basically just like a desk jockey cop because he shot a kid yes. who had a toy gun and killed this kid. That and, was weird. And now he's, for like 10 years or whatever, he's been, he hasn't been able to use his service weapon. He hasn't been able to be out in the field. He's, he's like shell-shocked by this whole thing. Now he has this redemption moment at the end of the movie where right. Carl, the terrorist, all of a sudden pops out alive and starts trying to shoot everybody. And he, um, Sergeant Powell shoots him and saves the day. And the movie's over and he has his redemption. In today's society where... When a cop shoots a child, oh, shit. we want yeah. them to go to jail right away. This movie says, wait a second. If they go to jail, they're not going to be able to kill terrorists in the future. Yeah. And so what I think the message of Die Hard is, is to say, let cops get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. maybe down the road, there it, might be some crazy Christmas party <laughs> where we're going to need this guy. I think this movie has a lot of great, no, wholesome messages like that. You are 100% right. They don't, first of all, they don't need that story. He doesn't need to have that backstory. So when well, they it, put it, it in, though, when they put it in and it does go with the plot, well, what were you going to say? I don't want to They do need that. They need to have Why? it that he's a cop who's ineffective and who's sure, they could have, I, neutered at okay. his job and yes. has problems and him, him and McLean relate on their C- personal correct, issues and all correct. that. Correct, correct. But, but they like, could have done it in a way where he doesn't have to kill a kid. That was pretty. It's pretty intense. It's intense and it's like totally a subplot. So you're like, kind of like shocked. They could have also it. said, "Uh, oh, I shot a kid. He maybe he survived, but he he killed the kid. Yeah, yeah straight up. And up. And, yeah. Dude, fuck. Yeah, I guess that, they make him in a sense relatable in that moment because it does. He shows remorse, obviously. Like yeah, and, and it was a clear accident, and he right. So it, yeah, in he, that sense, he is sort of endearing. But it's, I mean, you feel it's, bad for him. Yeah, but in today's now, you're like, well, oh geez, my god, totally. Well, I know, I know a lot of cops, and like, listen, cops, like, there's definitely bad cops, and I don't want to be bothered by the police. I want to be left alone. But I, you know, it's a hard job, and whenever they, whenever they shoot one bullet, they have to file a report. 
So cops are most cops are not haphazardly. Dude, not only that, my dad was a NYPD cop for over twenty years, and I'm not even a proponent of cops or anything. I don't care about political shit. Even if I did, I'd probably be on the side of the black kids getting shot. But anyway, <laughs> no, I have to say that. But when you fire your weapon, it's not just a police report. You have to meet with the internal bureaus, and you have to like almost do an internal police hearing, like just for firing your weapon, even if it accidentally goes off. So it's actually people cops don't want to shoot their guns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is that's true. why John McClane in this world is such a rogue kind of cop because he would always get he the would shit be fired immediately. The superiors hated him, but he got the job done. He's one of the, all these guys, these classic guys, Dirty Harry. These kind of cops are yeah. just people who like they hate because they do shit. Movie cops, dude. Yeah. Movie cops don't really exist in real life because they they would not be allowed to be. Well, I think around. Dirty Harry's based on a real guy. Um, I don't know yes. Dirty Harry. Well, so, so it's actually it's loosely based on the Zodiac killer. So uh, Dave Toski was a uh, San Francisco detective who was on uh, led the the Zodiac case in San Francisco. So if you've seen the movie Zodiac, that's Mark Ruffalo's character. And Mark, actually, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, did I say that? Sounded like Mark Ruffalo, but he's a current actor. No, no, Mark Ruffalo plays. Oh, in Zodiac. In the movie Zodiac, oh, okay. Mark sorry. Ruffalo plays. Wow. I thought you meant in Dirty Harry. No, 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 I was no, no, like, no. the fuck. So, so in the movie Zodiac, Mark Ruffalo plays Dave Toski, who's the real cop. And, it, and there's actually a scene in Zodiac where he goes to see Dirty Harry and like he's like, this is bullshit. Because in the early 70s, uh, they, Dirty Harry came out and it was like only a couple of years after the Zodiac case was like brand new. Mm-hmm. And they took, you know, and he was like, a, he was known for being like kind of stylish and the Dirty Harry character was like sharply dressed. But he was just like a, you know, just a regular San Francisco cop that got, was on this case. And, you know, Zodiac, they never caught the guy. So the movie Dirty Harry, obviously, at the end of the movie, he gets... He gets his man, which is a you know much more of a like action movie payoff than the yeah. end of Dirty Harry. Clint Eastwood being like, "Well, I guess this guy's gonna get away." So yeah, so Dirty Harry, um, it's ba- it's based on a real guy. It's based on a real cop, but it's obviously a Hollywood, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. Do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah, oh, I, I, lo- I love Dirty Harry too. I, definitely, we're gonna get I to gotta, that movie. I, eventually. I know it. what you're thinking. How many shots did he shoot? Five? Was it six? Yeah. Oh, oh god, it's so good great. Clint Eastwood. He kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Can you say racist Asian things too? Racist Asian things. Oh, you piece of <laughs> shit. Oh, I love Wait, you. is that what Dirty Harry's? No, no. Grand, oh. Grand Torino is one of the most racist movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Fucking Clint dude. Eastwood. There's a compilation on YouTube. You should, anyone listening should check it out if you want to have a nice, hearty, racist laugh. It's so it's so much fun. The it's just a com- the Hamung people. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but it's Dirty so funny. Dirty Harry is that is that fantasy where it's like the bureaucracy is telling him you can't do this, you can't do that, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go out and kill the bad yeah. guys. He's like. Give me your badge. And like in the 80s, there was definitely a resurgence. And I think, again, the Bruce Willis character, the bureaucracy is constantly in his way. The FBI is telling him he's got to do a certain thing. We haven't talked about it yet, but the chief, the, the, uh, the, the guy who's like the head of the L.A. cops that's on the scene. The, the principal of, uh, of Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Paul Gleason, who's a great comedic actor, but he's... Uh, he's his character stinks in this but he's, movie. But he's, much like when he's the principal in Breakfast Club, he's so funny... And you don't think he's trying to be funny. Like he's just one of those guys who can be a dick, yeah, yeah, but yeah. also be hilarious. He is at the a same good time. actor and he plays the role well. I think that it's over the top how 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 terrible the FBI and the cops are and how they don't believe him at all. They're they don't even believe that he's a cop. All that stuff is just like if there was a man in the building and he's saying he's a cop and like all this shit is happening, they would have believed him. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's unbelievable that they would have they wouldn't have. They killed innocent people at one point, right? 
the cops totally directly killed by fucking up. They led yeah. to the well, right. So I don't know. That's I, what I the just, bureaucracy does. That's what it's telling you. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's why I it's root, a little heightened. That's why I, I root for the lone wolf Look, versus I love the, the system. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. No. It is a better story, and it's also. It's also, I don't care because the, this movie can have flaws again because the performances are so fucking good. And then also the effects come across really real because they had to make real explosions. And I, I'm getting Peter's point because Peter always makes this point about superhero action movies and like the, the popular action movies of today are not as good and by default not as good because they're not actually doing the stunts and they're not actually making the explosions because everything is CGI. And in a way, you're right, man. I, and I never really understood it until... I understood it, but I never fully understood it until I was watching a movie from 1988 last night. And it was like the Blu-ray copy, but it looked what, really, what was it? really realis- real, realistic. What, what was what it? What movie was it? It was um, uh, uh, Big Black Cox 3. I, was, th- dude, uh, uh, no, I thought you were going to say cheerleader nurses. Come on, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm gay. I told you. So, yeah. You know, I have a different yeah. uh, movie. Library. Cheerleader man nurse. <laughs> it's the gay porn parody of cheerleader nurses. <laughs> yeah, they're just man asses through their skirts. Man nurse. Mm. Filipino man nurse. Why what? Filipino? Because there's a lot of Filipino nurses. Are you saying Filipino men are like some feminine? of my closest? Are you saying they're feminine? Filipinos. Say it like fucking Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's the best. You the fucking, pinnacle of Asian racism. You Filipino nurse. I can't do Clint Eastwood. Find me a white nurse. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to cut out Peter's and put yours in. <laughs> Bring me the nearest white nurse. <laughs> and then he just steals your joke. Hey, oh. how do we get through a whole How do we get through a whole diehard thing without saying yippee ki motherfucker? Yeah. We just did. Damn it. Cut it out. Is that, your, which, is that your favorite line in the movie? What's your favorite line? Um, it isn't because of its historical... Because it, it then comes up later on in the series and became such a... A highlight, and because like in the TV censored versions, it's like yippee ki Mr. Falcon. Oh <laughs> my God, is it really? They yeah. said Mr. Falcon. Yeah. No, like they just decided to name somebody Mr. Falcon. Just <laughs> yes. for this. That literally takes away from the script. They should just put a tone over it. Well, what would you? you cannot... They should have, but they didn't. Oh, so, well, what would you God, say? Your fa- TV favorite people. line and best kill. What would you say? Ooh, wow. So, what is my favorite line? I, I, um... I, I haven't thought about that. I really like. I think I like Sprechen die Talk. I think that's uh, hilariously amazing. stupid. That might be mine. Amazing, because <laughs> the Sprechen part means the talk part, right? That's, like, <laughs> that's talk. And then he tra- translates the, uh, the wrong word. It's oh, it's man. really classic comedy. Really good Perfect. stuff. I guess that. I mean that that's probably the funniest line. Well, um, what's your favorite line, Peter? Let me My think favorite line it. is Hans. I just love the way that Bruce Willis just says it. At the, towards the end of the movie. Yeah, that's good. And you know what I also like? I, I just remembered is when he says, after he gives him the gun, when he's pretending to be like a regular hostage and then and then uh, Hans tries to shoot him. And he goes, oh, no bullets. Yes. Oh, yeah, that is good. <laughs> like, oh, you fucking pussy. You got no bullets. <laughs> I can't remember the exact line, but it's actually from um, Hans when he grabs Bruce Willis' wife's neck because she, she says something like, you guys act like you're terrorists, but you're just common thieves or something. And he... Stops what he's doing. He takes like real offense to it and like runs over to her, 
grabs her by the neck and says, I'm a brilliant thief or something like that. You dumb whore. Yeah, it, well, he didn't say that. Yeah. He was a classy fellow. I like when he has like those, that, like, that's a, it, he has those really like frilly moments where he'll be like, and then when Alexander saw the, <laughs> that there were no more empires to capture, he wept. And, like, yeah, <laughs> bullshit yeah. like that. He was. He was very He's theatrical. like, yeah, I took a uh, fucking European history. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a hipster about it. But this was like pre-hipster, so it, was, it, it, it didn't come across as pretentious. I think he was genuinely smarter than everyone in the room, everyone yeah. in the building. There's, there's a ton of funny, great lines in this movie. Yeah. For, like again, where this could have been a throwaway scene, but when they're when they're deciding to cut the power to the building, the guy who's uh, the the city like uh, electric. What do you call that guy? The guy who goes down the manhole to like work the wire. Is that electric city electric guy? Yeah, electric guy. He's uh, he was a comedian that was also in Groundhog Day. He's the guy that uh, he's one of the guys that uh, Bill Murray gets drunk with at the bowling alley. Oh really? Yeah, and he's he's like, one of those faces that popped up. I think he died young. So, but he's like, he's so great in that scene where he's just like, you know, I could just take care of this. And they're like, the FBI guys and the cops are fighting over whether or not they have to like turn the entire power grid down. Yeah. He's like, you know, I could just, I could just really. You guys know I can just snap over here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so it's like earlier when the terrorists are like getting the, the phone lines ready and then the one guy just takes his like um, chainsaw and is like, and like just cuts all the phone lines. Let's the just building. take care of this quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite kill is when Bruce Willis is crawling underneath the table and the guy's shooting down the table. And he's like, you should never hesitate. You should just shoot right away. And then he runs out of bullets and fucking Bruce Willis shoots him yeah, to the table. He's like, thanks for the advice. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite kill? I don't know. They were all well done. I mean, do you mean favorite as in like, whoa, that was cool? Or like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, okay. can be, it can mean whatever. Or like you want funny. Me, Alex. I don't know. I'm still trying to think about it. I mean, the one, the the first kill of the movie is is shot beautifully with his blood splatter on the wall. Yeah, that's intense. that's a, that's a really and that scene is really good where he's gonna count to three like that. I don't know. I like that one. I'm trying to think. Also, the, I don't know if it's a kill, but when he when the villain dies at the end, and like we said, it, the look on his face where it's it, yeah, it, it, it's a kill. He dies. The, okay, yeah, yeah, right. I thought they made a relative. He flies clear. away and he comes back and die hard too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, I mean, you know, it wasn't with a gun. I don't know. Yeah, I like the kill. It might be the same one. It might be the table guy, the one who he throws out the window onto oh, Carl Winslow's car. Onto oh, I think it is that guy. Yeah, yeah, to get his attention. So I like that part of it. I think it's so awesome. Like he's just like, well, nothing happened in here anyway. Do do, and then like a fucking terrorist lands on his windshield, and he's like, ah. Yeah, that, that up, is a good... Back up, uh, That's a great scene, too. And then they start shooting at him, the terrorists. He's like, all of a sudden, he's like in this crazy war zone. That, that's, that's a great scene, because it's like Bruce Willis's way of getting the guy's attention. Yeah. It's just throwing a dead body out. Yeah. I believe that Reginald Vell Johnson got Family Matters because of his role in this movie. Like, I think... Well, he, this came first, right? So I yeah. guess he... Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah He was imagine. a believable cop. And I guess yeah, shout was, out to Family Matters. Like, kind of forgotten show. for a great, great sitcom. Yeah. yeah. I, I everyone like everyone my age uh, I think knew it as the Urkel show too. It's more than just Urkel though. That's no, I know. Well, I, I watched it from the very beginning, and what was fun about it was that Urkel was first of all wasn't in the first few episodes, and then it was just like this minor character that was going to be a nothing annoying right, neighbor, right? And he became such a sensation that all of a sudden he became the star of the show. Yeah, and like he carried it for like the last several seasons. He was the Fonz. He was our Fonz. Yeah, he was the Fonz of Family Matters. It's really interesting that um, he, the actor that played Urkel is so intent on you know, not embracing Steve Urkel as a character. I think now he's... Stefan, whatever his name is. Jaleel White. Jaleel White. Oh, okay. Stefan Urkel was his yeah. alter ego. When he, when he went <laughs> yeah, to that yeah. machine he created to make himself cool so that Laura would want to date him, yeah, which is really true. fucked up on her part. Like, Yeah, what a... Screw you, Laura. What's her, What was her last name on the show? I don't know. Winslow. Don't oh, that's right. She was Carl's daughter. Laura um, Winslow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she was I. Yeah, she's like, no, she's no she, Hillary Banks. She, she was really pretty, and um, 
Remember the one that, so the girl who really likes Steve, Myra? Oh, yeah, like the nerdy girl? Yeah, yeah they're really yeah. short. Like, she was pretty hot, too, but, like, yeah, like, real like, nerdy-ish and weird. Mm-hmm. She died, like, really young. Oh, man. She got thrown out of a building. It's crazy. No way. I want to tie it back to Die Hard. <laughs> she I was in yeah, Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> thrown out by German terrorists who were actually looking for bearer bonds. <laughs> Is that what they were stealing? Yeah, they, they were stealing yeah. 600-something million dollars. $640 million in bearer bonds. That was a big Is 80s it? thing, because in Beverly Hills Cop, they were, they were smuggling uh, bearer bonds. Oh, no, was it Deutsch? What are bearer bonds? They're like... Um, Whoever bears it can cash them in for money. Is yeah, they're like oh, what, that, they're like what governments and large right. corporations use to move money. Like they're not using like pallets of cash. They're like certificates that are worth money in different currencies. Oh yeah, of course. So they can yeah, like bank bank receipts, like bank notes, whatever. Bank notes. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay, that's interesting. That that they that's probably going to be all digital soon. No, <laughs> the, for the bearer bonds. Yeah. Like the the way that, that this, yeah. I wasn't really holding this in this shot. Yeah. It's actually just green screen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean more like Bitcoin, but yeah, yeah. I get, oh, like yeah, the money's yeah. gonna right, move digitally. A, yeah. The ledger is gonna change. Right, someone else hack into someone's Bitcoin account and do a thingy. Yeah, which is harder to do that than to steal a physical thing. So this movie's much different if John McClane has an iPhone. He could, oh, dude! He course. could probably just go live, like Facebook Live, and be like, "Guys, I'm in the Nakatomi Tower right now. Please send help." Here's a dead terrorist right here. This is what I look like. In case you want, you confuse me with. Uh... Oh, that's another thing we should talk about. Uh, the movie, this movie, '80s movies. A lot of like the cops are often like bumbling idiots, and there's always like the one guy who's like fighting the cop. But there's also like journalists are always assholes in 80s movies and this movie has one of the great asshole journalists oh, yeah. of all time yeah. and William Atherton who is also a similar asshole in uh, Real Genius and in Ghostbusters oh yeah I was like where do I recognize him Ghostbusters yeah absolutely he's, he's the EPA guy that wants to shut down the yeah, Ghostbusters he just has that face of being like this fucking fly in the ointment who just fucks shit up <laughs> he does I, I think, a fly in the ointment I've I think he's that. one of those guys saying? Yeah, you yeah. Actually, actually, I think they say it in Die Hard. Oh, what? Oh, that went right over my head. When he first I, talks to Hans, he's like, on a, he's like, yeah, I guess I'm that, uh, I'm that fly in the ointment. I'm that something. I'm that uh, wrench in the monkey. That that I've heard. He says that. Well, like in a monkey wrench. Yeah, but he, says, he says it like in a weird way. He says, yeah. I'm, the, "I'm the wrench in the monkey," like he's sodomizing a monkey. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I didn't know this was gonna be a podcast that turned me on or anything. You learned a lot in this podcast, didn't you, Alex? We've opened your eyes to a lot of new things. I think just watching the movie mostly. I didn't, like, from doing the podcast, it's, I'm a little high. I wasn't paying attention the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would, no, no. Yeah. What do you, What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I, I got a good laugh. I don't know. That's good. I thought I did okay. No. What, poor I, the, the movie taught me. The movie uh, showed me like that digital effects do take away from action movies in particular. That was a big takeaway I had because I don't. I say I don't like action movies all the time, but I think I'm starting. I'm going to change that too. I don't like superhero action movies. I don't like uh, today's standard action movie, but. I I could get into a cheesy action movie like Die Hard, like even though it's not, it's not cheesy, but it is because it's the template for well, others. Well, it's very traditional, but yeah. What's interesting about it is a lot of movies now in this kind of genre go for like big surprise twists and stuff like yes. that, right? And this movie doesn't do that. No. What they do is they lay out for you up, right up front. You know what's going to happen. You know pretty early on that Hans is not doing this for terrorist reasons. He's doing it just to steal money. Yes. So you already know what his plan is, even though John McClane doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, you know things before the characters know things. There's not really yep. big surprises. You just like watching it unfold. Like you, you know, you, how is he going to beat these guys? What's going to happen? Yeah, and through yeah, they didn't need the tricks. It's like a comic using tricks on stage to get out of a bind, or or just a comic that does that. I'm just thinking about comedians, but if like 
a guy that'll have like a bailout line or something or just like a hacky clapter thing versus like someone who like, you know, I'm going to tell jokes and then you set up punchline and they, they laugh. Well, John McClane had a bailout line, which is that gun taped to his back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just in case. With the Christmas sure. tape. So this movie is obviously a Christmas movie. The movie closes with fucking uh, the weather outside is frightful. Yeah, and it takes place at a Christmas party. Yeah. Right? So, What's weird is it came out in July. In the summer, yes. Yeah, so. so they didn't seem to think it was a Christmas movie. It's definitely, it's a movie that I'd really It revolves around Christmas, Christmas time. I'm totally down with saying it's a Christmas movie, but I know that there's, I read like a guy who wrote like, like literally, I didn't read the whole thing, but it was like 20 pages on why it's not a Christmas movie. And like, it's just like, he's citing sources and it's like, why do you care, man? Like, just watch the fucking movie. I say yeah. Christmas movie. Christmas movie is a movie that's about the Christmas season. Sure, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. during Christmas. And, and, about- I, and even if I disagreed with that, I would let you say that because I don't care and I like the movie. Obviously, if you're going to write a 20 page, just you like the movie, just fucking, I don't know, people get really crazy. I can't believe I haven't thought about this before, but my biggest hang up on the movie is Bruce Willis's wife beater. I think it gets too dirty. Like too perfectly soiled. Are you kidding? He's in a construction zone. Getting... I know, but he's like, it's like perfectly brown. Like at one point it's white, and then it's like perfectly. I just no, so it's it's like always a, it's that even brownness. Yeah, it is. Yeah. If there like if there had been like some white streaks on the side or something, and I actually I actually put that on Facebook, and my friend who is way too serious goes, obviously you haven't spent a lot, a lot of time crawling through ductwork. That's what I, it's very greasy in there. I'm like, what? Like way to fucking make Facebook not fun, buddy. Like let's relax a little bit. Well, I'm sure someone did that before him because Facebook is not fun. But yeah. you know, no, no, I, I, I get, I get, um, what you're saying, but I also that's that's a weird hang up to have, man. I have this weird thing. Honest. Like, I love one of my favorite things in in any movies, but in action movies, is when the guy gets like gets the gear and gets dressed. So like, I love in Commando and I love in, in First Blood, it part two where he, like they're getting their guns together and getting dressed. And I love like their their gear, like when in yeah. Commando, he's Terminator the- Two, when they open up the in Mexico, they have like the fucking yeah, and they get all the, the guns the and everything. Desert, they have like just this and ammo. And there's two great in Terminator armor. and in Terminator Two. There's great funny scenes about how the Terminator who comes back in time naked gets his clothes. And yeah. so one of my things is like I love the costumes of the characters. So I like. I kind of wit like the little kid in me is like, oh, I wish his his uniform didn't get ruined. Yeah, this sounds like a little kid. So for point, me, it's honestly, like I remember, I'm not trying to make fun. I of remember you, being but, a kid. No, I remember being yeah. a kid and be like, oh, it's so cool. Like he's like barefoot and wearing a wife beater, and then later it's like, oh, the wife beater got ruined. That's too bad. I hope she has extras at her house because yeah, like yeah. she only lives in L.A. alone. He's not there. Does she have backup clothes for him? It should be illegal Where, for him to wear bag? a shirt. Where's his bag? Still in the bathroom. Well, he, he had like a he had like a blazer over his arm when he when he arrived at the building. Like Bruce, Will, like that character is like one of those guys who like he came with like one shirt and one jacket to get dressed up. Honestly, that's like that's like I'm not I'm not saying I'm like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. That's not what I'm saying. But I I but, underpack. But you are. And I thought that was a good detail that they added. Like you could tell he didn't bring bags. He barely had luggage. He had the one suit that he owned, and he was trying to look like. To fit in, well, but listen, he was not that. Let's guy. talk about the great advice he got on the airplane. Oh, um, the, oh, rub your knuckles. I love this detail. So that, of the that's movie. the kind of thing that I try to do now when I travel places because of this. So movie. what is it? Yeah, explain it because people who haven't just seen Die Hard. I don't know. Before. When you're traveling, you just have your shoes on all the time and everything. And he's like, just take a moment, take your shoes off, and you know, kind of crawl up your toes. Take your socks off too. Socks off. Get too. on the hotel carpet. Yeah, and then you just and you just lick the floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always with the misdirections. Just lick it. There's so many great hairs down there that you just never taste. Do you like a hair? on your tongue i want multiple hairs from different types of really people i think there's nothing worse in the world in terms of a tactile feeling than a single hair on my tongue or multiple hairs on my tongue that is the worst feeling in the world and yet you have a beard so i mean 
And I eat ass. I eat man ass. Sometimes I just lick my own beard. I actually don't eat ass for that purpose. Taste yesterday's you, food. <laughs> if you guys lick your beards, what, do you, what, what does it taste like? It, it's more of a texture than a I taste. Don't really, I don't think I can lick my beard. How long is your fucking tongue? Like that. Oh, it tastes like fucking just like you're licking hair. Yeah, but it's it's attached to something. It's like Brillo. It's different. Yeah, it feels like wiry. Yeah, when it's it when it's like in a, your hair. When you so it's like you're licking li- pubes. Like I for all right. Here's what it is. This is my fear. When, today I got sushi, two rolls of salmon. I opened the thing up. Long Asian hair oh across my the entire God. roll. Nightmare. Yeah. And you could tell it was black and long and beautiful hair, but it was just in the th- threw it out. Can't be the whole that. thing through the nineteen uh, fucking dollars, dude. What if what, what was it? If it was in touching some of the rolls, you would need any of the rolls. I, that is, I'm saying I'm weird about this. Like I it's my thing. Like, I would have brought hair it back. On it, if it's a hair a head hair, I don't feel as grossed out by that. I, I understand why you, you wouldn't. would eat the sushi if there's hair on it. See, I don't. If I, there's I, one head hair, a little piece of it. <laughs> I would definitely eat the sushi around what was not touching that head hair. One head hair is a. If funny it looks phrase. like a pube, I'm like, all right, this is probably gonna go in the trash. Right. Or can I microwave this? This was definitely not a pube. hundred percent not a pube. Not short enough at all. Way too long. Maybe he has never. Um, it was definitely an pubes. Asian woman's hair. No, it was. Maybe she just let them grow out and they come out straight. They do come out straight, and right? Super long because yeah. right now she just has like a share wig down there. Well, then someone just needs to tell her that, that that's not okay. Yeah, ma'am. that's that's violating the. Well, and why? Why code. is she rolling sushi up like? With her feet, where, where, like, with, why would it be below with her, her? Well, they should be wearing hair nets, really. That's the key thing. On their twats, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm okay. lower hair net, upper hair net. Look, my, my point was I'm, for some reason, I just, it's it's my thing that I can't. It's like nails on a chalkboard, but worse. I can't make a better analogy. But if if I was a reasonable person, I would fucking take the hair off and eat the no $19 way. sushi and not throw it out. I don't skeeve anything. Like, I'll eat stuff off the floor, but if I found a hair in my sushi, I would not so fucking you have it. the hair thing like I do. Man. Yeah, it's gross. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Some some people don't have it. And again, like, listen, I worked in restaurants for years. It ha- There's accidents. It happens. But that's the kind of thing you call the place and they make it better. Like, they got to fix that. I'm not a big complainer like that. I don't like I worked in restaurants too and I got to be honest even if we fucked up the order it's just like there's a certain type of person that calls to complain about something and I'm not saying that I've never done it but it I've never felt good about doing it never even when it's totally their fault I, I don't feel good about doing it because I know they're going to fucking spit in my next meal. Yeah, nah, or just the way you're being true. perceived. They're not, they're, that's a fallacy. Well, no. If you I'm, complain I'm about actually, a hair, you're going to get spit. If you complain about spit, they're going to poop. No. It's, it's just, it keeps escalating. I can understand. Look, it's Until not, finally they bring out a plate of poop and say, that's why the best. Yeah, basically. Well, well, I'll be honest. When I work. They order the poop up front and then they can't do anything. <laughs> just, what are they going to do? Put broccoli on it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I work. Reverse in, psychology. Now I got what I wanted. There you go. The fiber. Yeah. Yeah. I um I, I worked in a restaurant, a pizzeria. I'm not gonna name anything, but um, Domino's. Yeah, I was gonna say Domino's too. Yeah, it was definitely. Domino's. I actually think the guy might listen, uh, because he was my old boss and he's still a good friend of mine. No, we're not gonna CEO say CEO Domino's. It's One essentially a Domino's. very very Guido name, very Italian name. Anyway, uh, he, we, the kitchen staff they were very very rowdy. They were like um mostly, they were good guys, but they, I think they were mostly um illegal immigrants from some South American country, not Mexico. It was like Ecuador or something like that. Um, and they fucking would rub their balls on bread. And I, it, they would, you ever see the movie Waiting? Waiting? Uh, no. With, no? Oh, with Ryan Reynolds. That's I've, great. I've only seen action movies. Really? Yeah. Well, Waiting is a comedy. It's a great movie. You should, you should watch it. Okay. Um, anyway, they, in the, in the movie or whatever, in real life, they if someone brought something back, it wasn't if they brought it back, but if it was they... 
if they brought it back and there actually wasn't anything wrong with it. So there's someone saying it's undercooked, like it's not exactly to their liking, they would they would destroy the food. And I saw that like a lot. Like that did happen a lot. So not to scare you further, but you're kind of right about that. That's it. Perhaps and that worked, was an upscale place. It was not. I was gonna say I've worked in many restaurants and I didn't see any. I saw people. I saw. Did like, you work wait, in the kitchens ever? I would be in the kitchen all the time. Yeah, that's how like, I was. I was just yeah. in the kitchen a lot. Yeah, but you ate. You worked at classy restaurants. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, he's at a fucking pizzeria. No, but he says it was an upscale Italian restaurant. It was an upscale Italian restaurant and a pizzeria in the front. It was good pizza. Not to good, malign like, Ecuadorians because Ecuadorians actually make great cooks. You said it. I didn't say it. I didn't say anything. How dare you? What are you talking about? In fact, uh, in Anthony Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential, he talks about how Ecuadorians are the best line cooks. They okay. descend from the Incas. Yeah. <laughs> they come from a long line of Incan, you know, mountain. Yeah. What, are, line, they, what do the line, Incas what? do? They live in the mountains? I don't know what the Incas yeah, do. Yeah, the fucking up in the mountains. Machu Picchu? In the Andy, yeah, that's their, one of their great cities. And then fucking Pizarro comes into town and Ugh. fucks them up. Pizarro's a piece of shit. You're right. The worst. The Spanish were the worst white people. That's low key facts. Uh, I think the belt. I, I think dude, the, they were the Belgians pretty bad. did a lot of damage. Dude, even even Belgian. Christopher Columbus was Spanish. Yeah. Congo. They, they're the worst, dude. Their mentality of like uh, manifest death or whatever their fucking mentality was. It was it was pretty fucked up. And they raped a lot. That's why we have Mexicans. It's a whole thing. Wow. I mean, it's Wait. true. Is that why we have Mexicans? Yeah, Creole people are pretty much. I Mexican. thought it was because our borders are weak. No, it's because white mixed with Native American made Mexican. I thought. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, Maybe man, I'm this is wrong. beyond me. I thought that that was definitely true. I, I'm seriously talking right now. I yeah, really I thought know. that that was true. Isn't that true? They, I mean, I know they raped a bunch of people, like definitely back then, like in the 1600s. Who's when they? Were, they? Uh, like fucking the guy. Who's the main guy? That, German terrorist Columbus. Hans Gruber. Yeah, but the hey, guy. Columbus, the guy, Columbus Day coming up Monday. Yeah, Italian hero. Great, great, great holiday. Doesn't get the the love it deserves. No, no. See, you're wrong, and I hate that he's associated with Italians. He was Italian. I know, but I mean, like, why does he got to be our guy? I don't know because he did something really brave and sailed. Who's the Jews mascot? What's a Jew mascot? (laughs) Moses. Moses. Okay, Moses. Great. Moses killed a lot of Albert Einstein. He kicked a rock though, and they were like, "Hold on!" They he kicked a rock, and then God was like, "You're going to hell forever." So. Oh, that didn't happen. No, no. Well, he didn't let him into heaven. He didn't let him into the promised land. Who, Moses? Canaan. Yeah. No, that's Because he kicked a rock out he of anger. He didn't let him into the land of Israel. He swore. He said there was he a took ki- God's There was a rock kicking? Thing. I didn't know if that... Yeah, okay. he swore. He, he kicked, uh, he kicked uh, a rock and said, uh, God damn it, or something well, like that. Well, I believe you because you were an altar boy. So I feel I, like yep, you're yep. well, well-versed in the Old Testament. I am, actually. I read it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, well, it's just Catholic school for 12 years, mostly. The altar boy thing, that was mostly just, like, sexual. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, everything else was learned, and, like, I, I read textbooks. Right. You stuff. study hard, you got to play hard. Yeah, you got to play hard, dude. Yeah. yeah, man. Sometimes you would play hard to get. Oh, all the time. Yeah. That's the best kind of altar boy to be, though, yeah. you know? I had a cute, cute little boy. A cute little boy pussy, I guess. Yeah, and now, you, now you have a cute herpes. <laughs> oh, a cute. All over the place, though. Yeah, it's a cute, really, and it's uh, everywhere. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know what, what the difference of acute herpes and herpes are, but they... I don't both. even know if acute could be used for that, but I liked it, and I was trying to think what, I think could, it, what I disease think could acute. I put into it. Yeah. Thank God my grandmother doesn't speak English nor listens to podcasts, because she'd be very upset by this conversation. What, what's the, I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the living grandma, I mean, not the dead one, because she'd be really Let's upset. Let's not talk about the Catholic Church. Oh, my, my nonna, th- oh, God, she goes to Mass every day. She would hate this. Yeah, she's yeah. praying for you. Yeah, but they don't, they don't even... She's praying for your soul. Good. Dude, I mean, whatever, man. They, 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 the Catholic Church has made so many 
egregious errors that I, I, I can legitimately feel superior and not feel bad about it. So whatever, you know, yeah. it's the Jews we should all worship. Yeah, they killed yeah. a lot of Egyptians. Yeah. Fucked them up. Hey, if you're in a fucking sea and the sea comes out over top of you, uh-huh. that's not my fault. What are you going to yeah, do? Taking... Why were you in the sea if you can't swim? Uh-huh. You got to be thinking. Tell them. You got to be thinking at a certain point. Go off. The sea might come back. Off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they took a chance. And it, they they're like, this will be dry forever. Yeah. This is, there's no chance we're going to get hurt here. Come on. In this wall of water that we're walking in the middle of. Yeah. I think we're going to edit out the uh, the Bible stuff. <laughs> I definitely think that last that that whole last thing, but um, it's all right. Uh, Alon, yeah. Anything you uh, particularly got coming up in the next? I don't know. Plugs, if you will. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, you can just plug your social media if you don't. Yeah, just go to my website, alonaltman.com. That's, That's E L O N A L T M A N dot com. That's dot C O M. Um, <laughs> I, I have all my upcoming shows on there. You can check it out. Um, and uh, follow me on Instagram at Alonstagram or on Twitter at Alon. You so crazy. <laughs> Alonstagram and Alon. You so crazy. Yeah, I should probably like have them all be the same, but I'm just that's uh, fine. I never knew this whole social media thing would take off. So. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Alon, you so crazy. Is that spelled Y O U? Y O U. So crazy. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Well, great. this has um, been another episode of Kill You Last for uh, our guest, Elon Allman. Plug your show. And my host, Alex Bashir. Oh, my show. What is it? I always got to tell you when. You, yeah, got yeah, an, yeah. you got another date, didn't you? So we just did uh, our show, uh, Kosher Ravioli. So f- It was so much fun, dude. At you FM Bar in Georgia City. Uh, uh, Reg Thomas told me to tell you, you put on a great show. Oh, thanks, great man. job. Shout yeah. out to Reg, who we'll have on here soon. Definitely. Um, yeah. I met a new friend, Olga. She was great. Or awesome. Olga, yeah, it was says. great comics, great show. Great it was audience. really fun. Yeah. And uh, we're doing another one November 7th which is the first Wednesday in November at FM Bar in Jersey City Boom. yeah fun show go to it that's right it's a great room Elon was there uh, two shows ago and actually oh, okay. killed it had a oh, great I'm sure show. he did Elon is one of the funniest stand-ups in New York right yeah now. I, I wholeheartedly agree thank <laughs> you very much <laughs> he really is he really is uh, he's usually more modest but He's definitely superior than me, so he could flex his little muscles. Dennis Miller um, thinks so, and that's all that matters. To oh, what? Well, no, no, no. He's <laughs> better than Dennis Miller, and I'm, I'll go on record saying that. Alon's jokes are really, really good. I mean, I mean, yeah, I wrote this new thing today about <laughs> anal herpes, and it's <laughs> killing uh, it. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's your brand, right? Just yeah. Just, no, it's all clean and fun. Come see me at a show. You are and, a clean comic, right? And come see these guys because they're great. No, I'm not a clean comic. You're not, but you no, can clean. You can work clean. I can work clean. So you could do a bar when I do when I do dirty. It's not usually too dirty. So. Right. No, no, no. That that's actually people accurate. can stand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like like I have two groans in my first ten minutes. I should I should probably get rid of one of those at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I working want, on it. One groan per. 10 minutes right yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm okay with one groan i gotta get out for the one groan but two groans it's like then it starts to turn on you anyway i'm hosting a show tonight and it's not gonna go well but whatever <laughs> um now it'll be great gotta write gotta write like alan anyway uh love alan love peter uh check out his show um i still got exciting news that i teased earlier that i can't announce but it's coming out real soon and uh, Baby. it's gonna be a monthly situation at a very good place for comedy that's nice, all i'll say nice all right guys um, all right uh that's all i got you good we're good see you next time bye yippee bye, kaye mother what <laughs> 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 <laughs>